Good morning, Relentless Church. How about this? We're coming live from 1540 Mechanical Boulevard this morning. Does it feel different? Online crew, does it feel different? Me coming to you, us coming to you, worshiping with you together live. It feels beautiful to be here. So if you haven't heard, I don't know where you've been, but next week we are reopening this building for worship services. And we're still working on all the the tech and the, the details, but I know you'll always be able to find us on YouTube, and we'll be sending all that out this week uh, if you're going to join us online instead of present. Here's why. We have gone to great lengths, and we means mainly Seth Helfrich, but there's a team and there's a bunch of people that have done a ton of work, and we have spent money as a church to invest in technology so that we can stream our services because we are not going to be a church divided. Right? We are not going to let this election divide us. We are not going to let who comes in the building and who doesn't divide us. Uh, we are going to stay together. So next Sunday, two services, 930 and 11, and we hope you're ready to come back. If you're not, for whatever reason, we love you, we support you, and we have made it. We hope, we think, we're testing it right now. We hope we've made it available where you can join us online um, next Sunday and every Sunday going forward until you are ready to return and come back. For you guys that are excited and ready to be back in the building, at the end of this service, there's going to be a very important video where you're going to see exactly what that's going to look like and what that means. So make sure you hang on for that. So we're going to drop that at the end of the video. Today is our last Sunday, our finale of this unprecedented series, right? So it's been seven and a half months, right, of unprecedented, and we're not done with it, but we're done with the series today. It's been seven and a half months since I stood on this stage and preached with people in the room, right? We got a few people in the house today. We got some cameramen, some family, some worship team. It's a beautiful thing. So for seven and a half months, we haven't done church, uh, had church services like we always have. Right, So in that, and there's been struggle and there's been some stuff we've learned, there's been good, we'll be getting to all that. But in that, right, we've, we've seen God show up, we've seen God be unlimited, and we're trying in this series, we've been trying to walk through what it looks like in these unprecedented times to pray like we've never prayed before and to step up to the moment as a church. So I'm going to use this story that I heard, um, one of the very first stories I heard as a kid that a preacher preached. And uh, it stuck with me. It's an old, corny story, but it'll help us today. Here's how it goes. Uh, there was a hurricane coming in, and uh, there was uh, people on this island, and everybody had to get out. It was, uh, you know, everybody out or you're going to die, no doubt about it, M automatic evacuation. Um, and this dude was like, no, I've prayed, and God's going to save me. I'm not leaving. So they're like, no, you got to get off the island because, you know, everyone is going to be awful. This is a hurricane, cat five, whatever. He's like, no, I've prayed to God and I believe in God and I have faith in God and God is going to save me. And they're like, okay. So everybody started to evacuate. And uh, this, this, this dude was like, no, I'm just sitting on my porch chilling. I'm not scared. God's going to save me. Well, some of his family came down the road because they all lived at the same place and they came by in this truck and they're like, listen, his name was Butch. I think. So Butch, he's like, Butch, come on, get in the truck, man. We got a seat for you. You cannot ride this storm out. Butch, get in the truck. He's like, guys, my God is going to save me. 
get on, I don't need your truck. So they go on, right? The storm starts to get uh, a little worse, um, and the, there's a boat going by. Some of his friends see Butch, like, Butch, you cannot stay. Butch, get in the boat. We'll fit you in somehow, some way. Get on here and get in the boat. Butch's like, no, I, God is going to save me. I don't need your boat. So the boat leaves, everybody leaves, but the, uh, the Red Cross and the, and the Coast Guard do one last flyby. So there's a helicopter, and they see this one dude, and they get on the megaphone, and they don't know that it's Butch, but it's Butch. Butch! Come on, we're going to send the ladder down. If you don't get on this helicopter, like you're not going to make it. And Butch is like, you don't understand who my God is. My God is bigger than any storm. He is going to save me. Get on. So they're like, well, what can we do? So they flew on out, and they left him, and the storm came in, and Butch drowned a horrible, slow, ugly, brutal death. He goes to heaven, and the first thing he says when he sees Jesus is, Jesus how come you didn't come through for me, right? I told everybody you were going to come through me and save me. Why didn't you? And Jesus said to him, dude, I gave you a truck, a boat, and a helicopter. <laughs> what more do you want? All right, so they're laughing. You just might not be able to hear them on the feed, right? How funny that is. Today, here's, here's why. We're so excited to get back, but not just to get back. We believe in the power of the word. God has revealed and he has given us not just a way to be rescued and adopted, which we love and talk about, but he has given us a way to live in any kind of time, in unprecedented, in pandemic, in whatever, in October, in November. He has revealed himself to us, but we, it's our job to latch onto that and to take what he gives us. That's what we're trying to do in this series. So the application of the boat and the helicopter and the truck is what we've been walking through in Philippians 4. I don't care how old you are or how new to Jesus you are. This is real, true, life, helpful stuff when he said, and we started with this a month ago, rejoice in the Lord. Always. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is here. The Lord is near. And then last week, he says, don't be anxious, right? We all are anxious, but don't live in this anxious place. But instead, by prayer and petition, bring everything with thanksgiving to God. And that's where it kind of leads into today's final sentence, which is just amazing stuff. And the first five words are amazing. It says, and the peace of God. And the peace of God. So the and is connecting everywhere we've been in the last month to now the peace of God. What is the peace of God? Right? People define it all kinds of ways. They talk about unruffled serenity. I saw that phrase. They talk about this inner con contentment, like peace of God. At, at our house, um, we, we talk about peace and we talk about our dog. Um, Ripley, he's uh, the sixth member of the Jones family, and he has loved the pandemic. Like he has been a, just because he doesn't know and he doesn't care and he's really happy to have everybody home a little more, but he is unfazed by the news of the day. Like we watch the news uh, quite a bit, maybe more than we should. And, and when we watch the news, no matter what is being reported, our dog is unaffected by it, right? There's a peace in that. Now, the difference is he's a dog, so he doesn't know. It's not that he's unaffected, it's that he's unaware, right? We don't want to be unaware, but, but, I don't know if this will offend you, I hope not, as much as the dog doesn't understand all that's going on in humanity, we understand less compared to our God, right? The dog is closer to getting what humans think than humans are to what God thinks. 
right? So we are, we're not unaware, but there is a peace where my dog takes more naps than, than any dog I've ever seen. Like as soon as he wakes up from a nap, he's tired from waking up and he's ready for another nap. He's just unaffected. And I'm not saying take more naps, although some of you need to take more naps. What I'm saying, what God is saying is there is a peace, not just from God. Scripture talks about peace from God. This is a peace of God. This is, it's more than just inner commitment. It's more than just unruffled serenity. It is this deep down, maybe I'm aware of all this mess and maybe I'm not. Either way, there is a peace that's deep down in me. The peace of God. It's connected to the gospel. We're a gospel-centered church, gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement. And when you understand what Jesus did for you, what God did for you by sending Jesus, rescue and adopting us, and it does something. I don't think I understood the peace of God until 2006. I was 29, getting ready to turn 30, and my life was a mess. I was a minister, pastor, but don't be fooled. My life was still very much a mess, and I had lived most of my adult Christian life under the foundation that of as long as I'm doing good for God and appearing good for God, then I'm good with God, right? And then life happened and sin happened and, and, and I felt like I could never get back to God. And then this unbelievable truth that God doesn't love me less on my worst day. Right, and it changed, and, and for the first time, I think fully, I started to taste and live in the peace of God. Right? It's not a peace that comes because things are going well. Often, it takes some mess for us to really latch onto it. It is the peace of God that no matter what I've done, no matter what you've done, that there is a God who loves you, who proved it by sending Jesus to the cross, and you can't mess that up. He doesn't struggle to love you. Like if you've heard that a million times or if you've heard that for the very first time today, would you just sit in the reality that there's a God that knows the worst thought, the worst deed, the worst everything, and does not struggle to love you passionately and intimately? Man, when I finally, even though I had taught that, when I finally allowed my heart to believe that, that it's not based on my performance, it's based on the goodness of God. He loves me that much. He's the hero. He's the all-star. He's the superstar. He's the holy one. I'm none of that, but he still calls me and picks me and chooses me and loves me. It changed my entire life. I went from living to impress God sometimes or often trying to impress other humans. And for the first time in my spiritual life at 29 years old, I was able to take a spiritual deep breath. I'm big into deep breaths. My wife makes fun of me every time. She's like, are you okay? What's wrong? I'm like, I'm, same thing as last time you asked me. I'm taking a deep breath. It's the healthiest thing you can do. Take a deep breath. Some of us need to take a spiritual deep breath. It is just the peace of God running through us. The reality that you are loved, that you were planned, that there's no randomness in your life. There's no random, randomness in your today and October 25th, 2020. That God is in tune, aware, and loves you more than we could ever find words to describe. The peace that comes, the life-changing, 
ability to relax in God, not because things are great, but no matter what's going on out there, I have God's peace, not a peace, but the peace that God has is available to me. It connects even to Relentless Church being in existence. We give God all glory for that, but I had talked and thought and prayed and dreamed about planting a church for many, many years until we finally came in 2014 or came in 2013 and started this church in 2014. Again, it, was, it wasn't us. It was a lot of beautiful people that helped us, support us, and then our core team, and, and, and then God, obviously. But I would not have been in the place to relax and take a risk like moving my family and starting a church if I didn't know and experience the peace of God. Right, people ask you, are you absolutely sure this is going to work? And my honest answer was no, <laughs> absolutely sure. I'm far from that standard, right? I'm absolutely sure God is good, and we're trying to follow him as best as we know. But in all of that, we're willing to take the risk because we think this is what God's calling, because the peace of God allows you just to relax and risk and be bold and live this pressure-free, right? Some of us, we got, we got to learn this pressure-free peace of God. You'll never be the same. I really believe in my whole life. I zoom back and I look at the timeline and it was that it was that season in 2006 where I learned for the first time. Where I accepted and breathed deep the truth. The peace of God that he there's nothing that's going to happen today that will change how he sees me and who I am according to him and the peace that comes from that. It it is everything. Now, this verse, and the peace of God, and is huge, right? If you've been with us, if you haven't been with us, it's all right. Go, go catch up and we break down all these phrases. But and is connecting. So a lot of times, this is a famous verse that we're talking about today. Kind of famous if you've been around the Bible. A lot of people have heard of it. But you've got to preach the rest of it to go with the and. The and is the connector. The and says everything that we've been talking about, now this is what that means. So rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your Jesus gentleness be evident to everybody you're going to see this week. Remember and live like the Lord is near. Right And now, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request to God. And as a result, the, the next step, and the peace of God, comma, and then he gives us this amazing, beautiful phrase, which surpasses all understanding. That's the kind of peace we're talking about. The, the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. It can't be explained as much as it can be experienced. Right? This is a challenge for me when scripture says my whole job and, and passion is to bring alive the truth and the beauty and the power of God's word through preaching. Well, here we have something, the peace of God that God tells us up front. It, it is above our ability to explain it. You got to experience it more than explain it. It just goes past anything we can, it doesn't even fully make sense. There's so many examples. Last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, my cousin, my nephew, Zeke, um, Ezekiel, my brother's youngest, four-year-old young man, I put it on Facebook. I appreciate that some of you prayed for uh, our family and specifically for Zeke. Zeke was born with uh, severe scoliosis, severe 
um, scoliosis. So my brother, Chris, his wife, Jen, they knew that a surgery was coming, but they have dreaded it since the day Zeke was born because it's an invasive major surgery for a little four-year-old guy that, that we love and, and care about. And they're gonna, they were going to insert these rods into his spine and just do all this crazy stuff that they can do today. But, but as we prayed for my brother and his wife and the family and the surgeons and all that, that you get, some of you have been there, right? Um, sitting in a waiting room as someone you love more than you can explain is, is going through surgery with risk. Right, so just the days leading up to that were hard and then the actual day of the surgery. And if my brother was standing, my older uh, brother was standing here on this stage today, his testimony would be that they felt the peace of God. Not when they got the good news that the surgery went well and everything went great. No, it was before that. It was in that just waiting, miserable, minute by minute, second by second, what are they doing to my boy? Is my boy okay? In that moment, like they have no reason to make this up. They have no reason to to lie and say, no, you know, they're telling you, they would tell you they have said. And we felt it. The peace of God with no guaranteed outcome. It's not a piece of God that I know, I know things are gonna turn out like I want them to. That's not part of this. Things are gonna turn out okay someday. That's part of this. But nowhere in the peace of God is a guaranteed outcome. It's a peace that still comes through even when you have no idea how things are gonna turn out. Have you ever known a peace that is real and true and you can taste not having any idea how Events are going to turn out. And it doesn't mean you don't freak out. I'm sure Chris and Jen in that surgery, there were some moments of freak out. There was some moments of panic. Don't punish yourself for that. That's part of the human experience. But underneath and around those freak out moments was, they would say, there was a peace that I can't even explain. What is that? It is this. Something that God said through Paul 2,000 years ago, we're actually feeling today It surpasses all ability to understand. But when you experience it, as some of you have, you know it. We pray this over people, right? We pray when people are going through stuff or medical, physical, spiritual, we pray, hey, that the peace of God, which doesn't even make full sense to us, would just rush over you. And I don't always get it, but I know it and I've felt it and I've experienced it. This is, right, in a way, this is why we do what we do, right? I'm not saying it's why we do church, because we don't do church. We, we are the church. We have worship services. We don't do church. But, but in the coming back, in the reopening next week, right, the returning to some sort of rhythm and spiritually and trying to get where God wants us to get, and we got to remember that God, we say this a lot, that God is a God of transformation, not transaction, right? We live in a transactional society, especially now a no contact transactional society. And God is not a God of transaction. He's a God of transformation. So it's not, hey, say this prayer and then the peace of God will come. It's not like essential oils, right? I got a headache, rub some lavender or peppermint or paprika or triscuit, biscuit, whatever the stuff is in there. It's not like, hey, rub that on and then the headache goes away. So, hey, if you're in a tough time, hey, say some prayers and the peace of God, which transcends, surpasses all understanding. No, it's better than that. 
Because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to set this up as transactional. Hey, say these certain words. That's called religion. Say these words and God will show up. No, it is in relationship that he wants you to come to him. And he wants to transform us even through our prayers. Everything about the way he set it up is better. It surpasses all understanding because it's in the transformational relationship that he gives us a peace in his nearness that we can't even explain. So this peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, comma, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the promise. That's it. The, what will guard? The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And you could say that the peace of God, you know, just translating hearts and minds, it's what you feel and what you think. Right? You got feelings, right? The young'uns, they call them the feels. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got your feels, you got your thoughts. We all do. And the peace of God, which can't even be explained, will guard those thoughts and feelings. Isn't that exactly what we need in these unprecedented times? We need the peace of God to guard our hearts and our minds, our thoughts and our feelings. When we say guard, right, it's a protection, right? He, he, is, he is the guard. Let's say, let's say I hire a bodyguard, right? I'm not, I'm not big time, right? I don't have a bodyguard. But let's say, I, who hires bodyguards, right? Important people, rich people, right? People that are in some sort of danger, I guess. Famous people, they get bodyguards, right? And a bodyguard guards the body, right? The whole job of a bodyguard is take care of you, make sure nobody gets to you, messes with you, touches you, right? We're not hiring bodyguards. What happens is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that peace, right, which is connected to God and it's in Jesus, so it's Jesus and it's God's peace all in one. That peace is actually going to be your, not your bodyguard, it's going to be your mind guard and it's going to be your heart guard. Like, that's amazing that Jesus and the peace of God work together to guard your heart and your mind. Wow. So what, what do I do? If, if he's doing all the guard, what do I do? Here's what you do. This is huge. Here's what you do. Rejoice. Remember, joy is something you have. Rejoice is something you do. We've got to do it. We've got to stop and, and want to do it. We've got to stop in our day, in our morning, between virtual classes or virtual work or whatever's going on, and you've got to carve out time to just sit in the rejoicing of what Jesus did, what he's doing, and what he's going to do in us. You've got to force your mind to remember who he is, and out of that, you're going to be excited to let your gentleness be evident to everyone you cross paths with this week. And you're going to remember that the Lord is near. He's right here with us. And as the Lord is near and gentleness is evident, we're rejoicing in the Lord. We're going to pray. Right? We're going to be anxious in the moment, but we're not going to live anxious lifestyles because in our anxiety, we're going to cast it on him. And we're going to pray about what? About everything it said. By prayer and petition, we're going to bring our request to God. And when we live this lifestyle of prayer, when we know the Lord is near, when we rejoice in the Lord, the result will be the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
That is a beautiful, powerful, but also dangerous verse because it implies the opposite. You take that away and you're not guarded. You're not protected. You're wide open. There's no defense. There's no supernatural protection over you. These are crazy times. And guess what we happens when our heart and our mind in crazy times? We have crazy thoughts and we have crazy feelings. If you haven't had crazy thoughts and crazy feelings, I need to talk to you after we're done and get some tips. The craziness of the times affects the craziness of what we think and what we feel. You cannot trust your thoughts. You cannot trust your feelings. Our culture says, what if you feel it, do it, right? Trust that instinct inside of you. Scripture says, no, trust God. Don't ever trust that thing inside of you unless it's Jesus. So what we're doing, if we don't understand this truth, what we're doing is we're living unguarded. We're leaving our thoughts and our feelings to our own devices. We're not allowing the peace of God to protect us. We're not allowing in Christ Jesus him to come and protect the evil and the sin and the flesh and the fear. And we're letting that into our hearts and minds. And it should not be surprising that we're thinking and we're feeling crazy things. Now, you may think, well, why would Jesus, if he loves me, why would he ever stop guarding me? Right? Why, why, why does it have to be this formula? Why has he got to make me jump through these hoops so he'll guard my heart and mind? Listen, that's not it. He's not transactional. He's transformational, but he does not want to set it up where say this word, I'll do this. He just wants you to be close. He wants you to rejoice in him and know that he's near and he wants you to pray to him. He doesn't need you to pray. He can do anything he wants, right? But he set it up so that our prayers connect us and draw us to him. So he wants transformation, not transaction. So he says, invite me in. It'll change everything. And here's a promise. If you'll rejoice in the Lord and you'll pray in everything, I'll send the peace of God which will blow your mind and it will guard you. But if you don't want me, if you don't want me in on that, if you just want a transaction of, hey, I'd like to go to heaven if there is a heaven and not the other place and I, and I want some good stuff in life, if that's all it is for you, then you got nothing protecting your heart and your mind. How's that working for us societally, culturally, transactional religion? It's not getting us anywhere. And we've all tasted, I think in this pandemic, I know I have, not inviting Jesus into my thoughts and just being left to my own strength and wisdom with my crazy thoughts and my crazy feelings. And it's not good. It doesn't take us anywhere productive or beneficial. I want Jesus, the one who conquered death, the one who was never scared, the one who loved the people that were crucifying, the one that said, forgive them, they don't know what they do, the one who said, bring it on, the one who was fully dead and just walked out of a tomb like it was nothing, the one who created you and knows everything there is to know about you, the one that knows your fears and your worries, the one that knows what you're thinking right now, the one who came, the one who died, the one who rose, and the one who's coming back. I want him guarding my heart and my mind. And he wants to. The peace of God, which will blow your mind, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. 
Some might say, well, it's too late for me. <laughs> My mind, man, I'm thinking crazy stuff. I don't even think it's crazy anymore. I've been thinking it so long. You realize that? You think crazy long enough, it's not crazy anymore. It's just crazy at the beginning, but you think it over and over and over and it becomes kind of normal. Or you're starting to feel stuff or feeling distance from God even. It's like, man, it's too late for me. I don't, I don't think, I've already kind of done my own thing and you know, I, I, don't, I don't know where to go from, from here. Well, here's the, here's the beautiful thing. Jesus doesn't want some impersonal transaction, right? But he does want to supply the peace. And all it takes from you is a simple heart to say, Jesus, you're hired. Right, I'm looking not for a bodyguard. I'm looking for a heart guard. I'm looking for a, for a mind guard. You know, right? You know how desperately going into this week, right? And next week, you know how our minds need to be protected. All it takes, it doesn't matter what you did last night as far as this goes. It doesn't matter where your faith is or how weak or how strong. All it takes is a surrendered desire to say to Jesus, you are hired to guard my heart and to guard my mind. And he will come. And he will provide and he will sit with you and he will transform you. And he promises to give a new heart, right? We started this year, it feels like seven years ago. We started 2020 on this stage talking about the importance of renewing our mind. He wants to give you a new mind every day. Some of you are so hard on yourselves. You're like, I'm struggling. I'm not spending time with God. I'm not even thinking about God. I don't know where I'm at. I'm not taking good care of my kids. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Just stop, right? Just sit and allow God to renew your mind and quit trying to do it on your own. It starts fresh. His mercies really are new every single day, including today and including tomorrow. Our job, what do we do, pastor? I'm telling you, I'm not telling you. God's telling you too, Paul. Here's what you do. Rejoice in the Lord, always. Paul wrote that from prison. Unlawfully imprisoned. It wasn't right, it wasn't fair. And he said, through the Holy Spirit, here's what you do. Rejoice every day, no matter what, because your joy comes from something that is outside of circumstances. And in that joy, it's going to rub off on people you see today and tomorrow and this week. Whoever God puts in your path, it's going to affect them. Your Jesus gentleness should be evident to everyone. And never, ever, ever, ever forget that the Lord is near and the Lord is here. And here's what, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we're going to put our request in God's lap. And here's the result, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, is going to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that we would live that. God, that there would be some folks that are so hopeless, that are so done, that are so hurt, that are so broken, that aren't even thinking about you or church or Jesus or anything, and they would be loved by someone hearing this message, that our rejoicing and our gentleness and our belief that you're near and our prayers would provide a peace that would allow us to be so in tune and in touch with you that we will love and serve others well. And that our hearts and minds would be guarded. God, let us just be free. Help us admit out loud that our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our feelings, we can all go crazy directions. 
We can all think crazy stuff and feel stuff that's not real, but it feels real. God, would you do what you promised? Allow your perfect peace to guard us, to protect us, to filter our hearts and minds with the stuff you want in there and filter the stuff out that's not of you. May we be your light this week in your world for your glory. And God, I pray for some that have never experienced peace. They've never experienced new life, new mind, new heart. They've never, they may have believed in you, God. They may have known some sort of transactional, if I do this, God will do this. Help them know transformational relationship with you and help them know that it starts by a simple surrender, a simple surrender of their life to you and a trust and a willingness to give you authority over them. And may you bless them as they watch this peace be real in their life. God, we thank you for technology. I thank you for all the work and all the servants and all the time that took place just to be able to allow us to stream this service. And God, we pray for your good and blessing and protection as we open up this building next week. We pray and go in the peace of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Before we sign off and go about our Sunday, um, this place is not going to look or feel like it looked or felt in March, and that's okay. But we want you to understand what we mean. So there's a video you're about to see. I'm going to walk you through that. And then parents, especially, make sure you make it all the way to the end of the video so you can see exactly what you need to know as parents if you're planning on joining us in here next week. If you're not planning on joining us live, that's all right. We love you and we can't wait to see you right here on the stream next week, November 1st. Have a great week.